Oh, man. We made it. I'm Drew here with Ashley and Derek, and we just got back from June 29th, 1984, the past. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a trip. We we're late, a little late getting back because one of us uh, packed some unexpected luggage and got stuck mm. in customs. So Shame on you. It's... Uh, it's even stricter when you're traveling through multiple dimensions and time periods getting through uh security so somebody should have known better but before we get into that ashley why don't you explain what we do here on new release 1984 all right so each week we travel back in time to what drew would say the best year ever is 1984 to watch whatever movie just hit theaters that's right let's jump in Arnold Schwarzenegger, a legendary hero, a fantastic adventure, the treasure, the magic, the power of Conan, Grace Jones, Will Chamberlain, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Conan the Destroyer, Sunday at 3 on TV 33, the great movie station. <laughs> All your favorite actors. Woo! and Grace Jones. <laughs> Ashley, what did we watch? So we watched Conan or Conan, the Destroyer, rated PG. Rated PG. Let's <laughs> talk about that for a second. Uh, I watched, neither of y'all watched the first one, right? Right. So right. Conan, the Destroyer is number two in this epic franchise series. <laughs> um, maybe not as epic as they hoped with the end title cards, but the first one was noticeably R-rated. I would say, I guess the gore, maybe not because of the gore, but because there were dozens of bare breasts early on in the movie. So I was like watching it um, and thinking, man, uh, Conan the Destroyer is going to be our first R-rated movie. <laughs> and then sure enough, <laughs> Ashley nope. texts that it's not. So why why was this one rated PG? So it actually started off as rated R movie. And then they decided they wanted to uh, um, uh, bleh, appeal more to like family families. So mm -hmm. they cut out a lot of the like gorier scenes and the bare chests. Mm. Uh, but it still seemed pretty past PG to me. I mean, yeah, <laughs> our favorite, our favorite point of discussion, what's the difference between PG and, and R and when there's not a PG 13, the difference mm -hmm. is boobs. Yeah. Um, so they <laughs> clearly cut all of that out as far as how much they had to cut of the violence. I don't know. Based on the first one, there was less, I think they even cut stuff out of the first one, but the first one wasn't overly gory. I, I feel like this one had some good moments of gore. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea why they thought the first one was a pretty, you know, uh, big cult hit. It gained steam the longer it was out and, and video and everything. So they had high expectations for this, but why they thought that this one needed to have a wider audience or like, you know, uh, have kids come to the theater more than the first one. I'm not sure. Um, that strategy might've backfired. <laughs> so Anyway, yeah, no boobs, but still some good blood. Mm. Uh, were there any fun taglines for this movie? 
fun sure (laughs) (laughs) the darkest side of magic the strongest side of man Mm. this is like a a romantic novel okay um the most powerful legend of all is back in a new adventure Okay. I mean, (laughs) I wanted to start a new thing each week where after we read the taglines, I describe the poster or one of us describes it because these taglines are a one-two punch. You see the imagery, you see Conan with his head, his metal headband, um, pinning his long flowing Fabio-esque hair uh, back while he's gripping (laughs) <laughs> this massive sword uh, that's about, you know, four feet tall, uh, half the distance of the, the whole movie poster. <laughs> One thing I thought was weird was when I was seeing a thumbnail of the poster is that it looks like he's gripping the blade, the shaft. Um, mm-hmm. And it turns out the sword, and this is, you, you can confirm this when you're watching the movie, the sword has these like metal, this metal, uh, guards that go up the first quarter of it or so what's do you understand what that's for ashley to make it look cool i don't know <laughs> so, I can, I, I so we can grip it i'm not sure um <laughs> the sword did weigh 10 pounds though and those, oh. were, and those were 10 grand real steel real yeah real expensive sword yeah he did practice with the two to three hours a day wow well so you could like wield it correctly <laughs> so the princess in the movie couldn't lift 10 pounds yeah, it's just pretty weak. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think it actually serves a functional and decorative purpose. So one, uh, it enables him to grip it two hand style, uh, like you see in the poster. But more importantly, when he's fighting enemies, it gives him Protection. a like, you know how Kylo Ren had that hilt on his lightsaber? Never saw it. But... Real? What? You never saw any of the news? Okay. I don't remember. Anyway. I don't remember that. <laughs> it was a huge thing, Derek. So, like, his red lightsaber lightsaber has the two things that jut out from the handle. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, most swords and you know Conan days <laughs> had like a a wider hilt. I think it's called a hilt. Um, but this one has it's sort of on the blade itself versus coming coming out from the from the handle. Uh, Anyway, I think if you're if you're swinging at him, he can use that part of the sword to block and not have the blade get get. Would be my theory. That's, I mean, that's a good theory. I just didn't even notice. I just thought it looked cool, but that yeah. makes sense. I noticed it when he was <laughs> gripping Holding it. it by his huge arms. Like, why would you grab a sword right around the blade and and pose with it? But that's why. Because his hands are so strong. I mean, that could have been part of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since our, those taglines were blah. I I did write my own this week. Okay. Conan, the destroyer. My sword's bigger than yours. Your sword can't cut two by fours. <laughs> Is that not the song? Is that the milkshake? Yeah, that's milkshake. Okay. That's definitely Cleese. <laughs> I didn't know what I was ripping off there. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the uh, I think it's worth pointing out there. I don't know if the, like, screenwriter of the movie or the director or any of the technical people behind this are really that noteworthy um are they actually no okay um robert e howard is the creator of the character he wrote for these like pulp fiction magazines and fantasy uh fantasy paperback novels uh, mm-hmm. and so he gets full credit for this really fleshed out 
character. Um, <laughs> he is known as the father of sword and sorcery subgenre. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Ashley, speaking of swords, <laughs> what were you thinking? What? What do you mean? When we were trying to, you know, get to show I, the show on time, and you, you know, I, I thought I could just like sneak it, you know, just a behind the back action. Right. Did well, it? You, it didn't work out too well. No. <laughs> Luckily, uh, Derek and I didn't stop and wait. Yeah, that was <laughs> just like kept, really kept kind going of right you. through. Um, it was really backed up at at Intergalactic Customs awesome. yeah. this week, so we just uh pushed right on through and and hope for the best you know look you're still with us so it's kind of a pain in the ass but thanks for not sticking around i guess yeah well (laughs) that's just one of the perils of traveling back in time to see the movie but if you are not equipped with that that kind of sophisticated ability then you can watch this movie on stars with a z if you Mm. subscribe to that or you can rent it on prime or itunes and those those places so let's go ahead and jump into the movie itself actually 15 seconds should be ah. more than enough to sum this movie up <laughs> okay hang on hang okay. on i forgot to bring this up timer is All right ready okay go uh conan conan whatever and his crew of thieves go on a mission to steal some shit um, they also rescue a princess, they fight creatures, and they save her from being sacrificed. Wow. Okay, maybe it needs to go down to 10. No, no, no. Fifteen's no, good. I love there's that a, a problem lot, so. here. What? Ashley is cutting out all sorts of important details. Yeah, I have to. It's 15 seconds. Yeah, but you, you've, I could tell by your level of enthusiasm you were just rushing <laughs> through the synopsis. <laughs> All right. Well, I just so, wanted to finish in 15 seconds. <laughs> let's not, you know, the most important thing is that we get the big plot details. So don't worry about the timer. One of these days, you're actually going to go over the I timer. I said that they rescue a princess. That's like pretty important. Yeah. And she's going to be sacrificed and they save her life. So it's like Mario Brothers. And Arnold Schwarzenegger had the sweetest outfit. No, I thought that was great. That was okay. No, that was it. I was just saying maybe, you know. Well, I never played the sound. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom, bang, done, hit it. There it is. Oh, oh, there it is. That's a decapitation for sure. In the first movie, his mom gets decapitated. So just going to leave you with that. Nice. And as far as our backstory with this movie, I think I know the answer. But Ashley, what is your backstory with the Conan franchise and then Arnold Schwarzenegger in general? Uh, the Conan franchise, I very vaguely remember him shirtless or like clothes, almost like not wearing any clothes, riding a horse and having a big, like a sword that he like hit people with. And that's okay. all I remember. That's pretty, that's like 80% of the movie. I mean, yeah, you, you <laughs> definitely saw the poster at some point. <laughs> Did, uh, what, what is your history with, what is your earliest memory of, of Arnold as a performer? that you remember a little more of the story? Kindergarten Cop. Uh, okay. I think Kindergarten Cop was my first real memory of Arnold. But then I also remember watching Total Recall because it had all these really cool sci-fi effects and the scene where he's like pulling that giant, I think it's a tracking device out of his nose and it's just so disgusting uh. looking. 
and that's what that's like the main thing I remember about Total Recall too. And the one the woman with like one boob or something or three three, boobs. three. okay <laughs> one, either one or three <laughs> one more one more than normal um, just an odd amount. <laughs> the director the director actually wanted four but um, they, they, <laughs> the special <laughs> effects guy thought three looked better so uh, that wouldn't have made it rated R. It might have been too sexualized, actually, with four, because it was, it was supposed to be one big pair and then one little pair underneath. Um, oh. I watched Total. <laughs> the reason I know that is because I watched Total Recall last night, the four boob cut. No, the the normal cut. And it's incredible. I mean, the special effects, it's way it was one of the most expensive movies made at the time. So I would say for me, I don't remember if I I, I wasn't a. a a, a young girl when I saw Arnold with his shirt off riding a horse so it didn't leave an impression on me although Sylvester Stallone did in Rocky so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it wouldn't have worked the same way uh on a guy but <laughs> on a straight dude um but anyway yeah I would say for me it's Running Man do you remember watching that when we was watching that so I do and I rewatched it a few years ago and I was like wow this movie's terrible <laughs> but- I as a kid, I really like. I remember being like, "Wow, this movie's great!" And I was so excited to watch it again. And I was just like, "Wow, it's kind of boring." I didn't think that was going to happen, but yeah, I would have to re. I I know I've watched it since then. I have yeah the same similar nostalgia for it as you. I remember like all the different characters. There's a dude with a chainsaw. There's an electric mm-hmm. electrocution guy. There's like sort of. It's a reality show. It's way ahead of its time. Like were they at one point in like giant wise. balls, like their whole body, and they're like running around, like almost like a, like a hamster ball, or is that something else? I don't remember that part. That's Jurassic okay. Park, Jurassic <laughs> uh, World. Okay. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's that's totally possible. You've seen it more recently than me. Um, I just remember how cool the character, like the different uh, character designs and and stuff were, and that left a a real impression on me as a kid. Um, and Arnold was sort of like with Total Recall. Uh, we'll get into this in our Rank the Blank segment, but it's good when he can disappear into the, like the story is as ridiculous as he is. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it works for for both of those. Uh, and then, yeah, I just don't remember. I don't think I've seen either of these movies until this week. Derek, what about you? Uh, I'm going to copy Ashley yet again, uh, but... Uh, Kindergarten Cop, I definitely remember that. But Terminator 2, man, still mm. to this day, one of my favorite films, just from how amazing it was and how it blew my mind when I was a kid. Yeah, I actually, that reminds me that Terminator 1, I might, might have already mentioned this on a podcast, but we had this little black and white battery powered TV. And I distinctly remember like the power being out one night and watching uh terminator the original on like a four inch black and white screen (laughs) and it's still being really like really like uh (laughs) effective (laughs) it's like scary and and just maybe because the power was out and so like all your attention is focused on this one Mm -hmm. electronic that's operating and it's kind of not it's kind of a novel experience but uh yeah that was that was super memorable. And if you're wondering why we're talking a lot about other Arnold movies, it's because after I watched the first Conan, I had the realization that maybe the most interesting thing about these movies is 
where it lands in his kind of career trajectory. The first one really kind of catapulted him to another level of obviously not being taken serious as an actor, but being cast in a lot of big action movies after after that point. Um, so nobody really expected that he'd be able to make the transition from, you know, Mr. World or Mr. Universe bodybuilder mm-hmm. to actual getting consistent acting work. Uh, so yeah, I think it's fine if we digress into other Arnold movies throughout, but we are going to stay focused on the destroyer for a bit. So Ashley, one thing you loved or hated about the movie we just watched. Oh, just one thing on either side. Let's see. (laughs) You can always cheat if you have to. I love the set design throughout the whole thing. They did really, you can tell they put a lot of effort into like, Anywhere from um, like the ice castle, which is incredibly done, to the other castle, to the other castle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought the set design was great. Obviously, the costumes I really love too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I really I liked all the set design and costumes a lot. Great. The creatures were cool. Yeah, great in a way that isn't necessarily you wouldn't call it real realistic, right? No, not at all. Okay. (laughs) Theatrical or like stagey. It looks like sets, but I don't know. Like we all know where I stand on Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was a leap forward in terms of fantasy realism on screen. And so I'm not trying to compare one, this to something like that, but it always comes back to practical effects versus uh, CGI to me. And there, even if it's noticeably not real, it still works. Like you can, you know, that the people, you can just feel that the people are interacting with something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And even the, the first creature, the first boss they fight, this is very much like a video game. Um, mm-hmm. The first boss they fight um, definitely you could tell it wasn't super realistic looking, but that didn't matter. The the one that's like the half mirror. man, half beast. Yeah, the mm-hmm. mirror monster. Mirror monster, yeah. I thought, but yeah, but they're using like real makeup for the, the head and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, back to Total Recall briefly again, like when his eyes are bulging out of his head, they had some kind of like inflatable Arnold head. And so oh, yeah. like they were really bold, you know, really, it was really bulging. And then the, the scene, there's a scene where he wears this, um, this woman outfit to the airport trying to get through security, kind of like you should have done with your sword. Um, yeah. I wore a woman out. I'm a woman. That's very rude. <laughs> you wore your woman outfit. You wear a, no, you wear you wear my a woman a, outfit. <laughs> you wear a giant woman body shell oh, on see. top of your woman shell, um, on oh, top of your, your thin athletic woman shell. Um, you wear a sort of a, 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 a bigger, more burly woman shell on top. And so a bigger body on top of my body. I see. Yeah, okay. exactly. Next um, time. A big enough body to fit around Arnold's body, <laughs> which <laughs> is slightly beefier than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the effect that they created for that, rather than just like kind of unzipping that body shell, it the head opens up layer by layer. It's like if you were cutting a watermelon into into slices and it just each slice like peels away. It's the most unnecessary but awesome looking uh practical effect that i've seen in a while um and that's just was something that the the 
special effects artist came up with in the in the not in the moment but like it was unprompted nobody asked him to do that <laughs> um, so what did you love or hate about this movie good question getting me back on track i'm gonna man i have a lot of them but <laughs> <laughs> something that in a general sense the the strong girl power vibes coming from the movie uh mm -hmm. Grace Jones is in her, she's a former model, um, still kind of has the body of, well, the body of a runway model in terms of thinness, but also ripped. So, yeah. you know, just uh, really strong and powerful looking um, and really fierce looking in her facial expressions. Um, the main bad character is a woman, uh, an evil queen. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, and then there's the princess who's a damsel in distress, but there's not, a, I mean, who's like in a traditional sense would be the, she's the one they have to rescue, but she gets stronger and stronger as the movie goes on. So I thought compared to the male characters, I thought the female characters were pretty badass. Uh, Derek, what, what do you think? I think this is essentially a remake of any Dungeons and Dragons uh, game that people were playing during the time totally reminded me every single second that it's like a uh, RPG lovers like fantasy to watch their game play out on film so that that was my favorite part I could yeah I could tell yeah. you were that's more your to your taste than mine and I didn't really think going about it going into the movie how much that would kind of like uh, make it how, how much it would boost it for you so that's cool yeah, he's like, uh, well, he's a barbarian. And then there's mages or, you know, people that can do magic. And it was, yeah, it was really awesome. Nerd. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm so okay. I think that's that's a perfect segue into Choose Your Character. Yeah. Now, this is the segment where we imagine we've just walked into an arcade and we are stepping up to the Conan console and deciding who we're going to play with. Now, I think it's important for us to decide before we select our characters a couple things. One, what type of game it is. And two, if we're playing cooperatively, if we want to all be part of the same band. Um, what do y'all what do y'all think? I think cooperatively, like in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like in that. Oh, op for sure. All right. So if we're going co-op, I think we're probably going to want to be on the side. The game is going to be uh, following the adventures of Conan and his, um, what do you call a group of, of adventures in an RPG, Derek? Adventures. Okay. <laughs> I keep wanting to say band, but I guess that's. Well, it, I guess it just depends. You could be a group of heroes. You could be a group of. Um, uh, thieves, which is you know that's actually what they were was a group mm -hmm. of thieves to start it off so maybe we should be a group of thieves okay so that i said that in my 15 seconds see they were worth, <laughs> i mean I, they were one guy was a thief and they were they were conquerors and he's well he i don't know they were just kind of on a mission i don't think their mission was to steal well it was to steal one thing yeah it was to steal <laughs> so but so okay let's let's stick to the heroes then or the thieves as y'all want to label them we've got arnold we've got as conan we've got zula 
uh, Grace Jones. We've got Bumbata, well played for no apparent reason by Wilt Chamberlain. Um, <laughs> we've got the wizard character, Akira. We've got Malik, who's the fool character. And then lastly, in the group of adventurers, we have uh, Princess Jenna. So Ashley, of those of that ragtag group, as you as you put it, who are you leaning towards? Well, if we could, can we kill off the fool first, and then from there on down? Yeah, unless unless we're gonna try to blaspheme Derek's good name. No, we're killing the fucking. We're killing the fool. Okay, Okay. fools. Just throwing that out there. Kill him off. (laughs) All right. So, but well, we have to pick our characters first, and then we'll kill him. Okay. So (laughs) first order of business. (laughs) My character that you're both probably gonna guess is Zula. Yeah. She's just a. I mean, she's a crazy badass warrior that can take care of herself and like immediately pledges um, allegiance to Arnold as he like helps her like save her life. So she's loyal. Describe that scene where they we first encounter her. Sure. So she invades a town, invades some village with a group of members, and they all die, and she's the only one left. Mm-hmm. And so all of the villagers are attacking her, and she's uh, chained down to the stone. And then Conan comes in on his horse and like sets her free. And then she fights off all the villagers, gets a horse, takes the horse, meets up with Conan and his group, and then joins them. Yeah, exactly. So at the urging of the princess, mind you, Conan was pretty oblivious to her situation in sort of a way where he could tell she could hold her own. I mean, she and she obviously could, except that she was was tied up. So they were. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She was going to hold him off indefinitely until she starved and, and passed out and they could, they could kill her. But so all he does, he doesn't save her. I mean, he just, he just unchains, un uh, ropes her and then she takes care of herself. And, and he already has a reputation around the mythical lands that, that, that we're in. So she might've already known who he was and, and, and followed along for that reason. Maybe it was out of gratitude, but, uh, nevertheless, she joins up with the group. Derek, uh, I know you want to be Conan, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really kind of do. <laughs> but I thought about this, and I like Mako. Uh, or, sorry, Akiro, mm-hmm. the wizard. His power, or his magic ability was to understand like the, the next step forward, or like where they should go to kind of unblock the, their uh, confusion on, on how to proceed with their journey. So I like yeah. that. There was um he's in the first movie, so that's one of the I think him and Conan are the only recurring returning characters from that. The woman that they briefly show at the beginning of the the movie uh was Conan's lover slash uh partner in crime in the first one, the blonde woman that sort of the motivation for his whole journey here is to bring her back to life, right, Ashley? I I didn't see the first one, so I'm not entirely sure what the flashback was about. Oh yeah. Um, but he, in the so opening did, scene, so did she die in the first movie? Yes, she dies in the okay. first movie after he he dies like in a Christ-like um, crucifixion, and then they have to bring him back to life. But they know there's going to be consequences later on, and that turns out to be her death. I was just trying to confirm that when he's when the queen is negotiating with him at the beginning mm-hmm. she tells him that she'll bring her back to life if he completes the mission right i just i 
I heard that, but I wasn't really hearing. Yeah, it. understandable. It's like, oh, okay. Didn't know yeah. she was that important yet. Yeah. So, but any, anyway, that's um, that's sort of why he's he's on his mission. So, oh, my point was going to be that the wizard does a lot more magic in this movie than the first one. He's in both of them, but he's pretty. I don't know. I can't remember him doing much in the first one. I felt like just magic in general plays a larger role. So we're definitely, it's good that we have a magician, a warrior, and then what would we be without a princess? <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose princess Jenna. Awesome. Because, Fine. well, she goes through quite a character arc. She's um, starts off just as sort of, I mean, I will, I say arc, even though she does find she becomes infatuated with Arnold early on because of his muscles and then still wants him to be by her side at the end. But aside from that, she nominates your character Zula to be her lead uh, guard. Which is pretty, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. After she says a, a, a woman can, can do the job as good as a man can. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, has a real zest for learning new skills and, and wanting to learn how to, how to swing a sword and learn how to fight. Um, she, at one point, they're like, they have to go through this difficult, uh, another castle maze thing. And, and she's like, I just follow where I'm led. <laughs> and Arnold's <laughs> like, yeah, you do. <laughs> so she's strong-willed. And then most importantly... She played the same actor played Karen Arnold on The Wonder Years, so <laughs> that factors yeah. in to our mission. So let's think about who we left out of our group. Uh, we left out the guys. Um, well, most we left out Conan, and we mm-hmm. left out uh, Bombada, Wilt Chamberlain's character, who is a traitor. Yep. So that made sense. But how, are we going to be okay without without Arnold? <laughs> I mean. He's pretty strong, and I feel yeah. like <laughs> uh, I think we'll be okay without him. All right, we'll find out. <laughs> maybe the maybe the wizard will get stronger, so then we won't have to worry about the strength aspect as much. Yeah, well, what we lack in brawn, we can make up for in in spells. <laughs> Perfect. In blonde. Um. Okay. <laughs> Ashley, do you have any? I, I I googled this during the movie, but. Do you know why Wilt Chamberlain or Grace Jones, for that matter, were cast in this movie? I don't know why they were cast, um, but this is a completely side note. But I, did you know that Wilt Chamberlain had to get a special horse flown in from Spain for this role? Because <laughs> he's so tall. He was too tall for the other horses they had in Mexico City. Wow, <laughs> he's a uh, he's seven one. Mm-hmm. I do have more Wilt trivia. Uh, Wilt it up. So he once scored 100 points in a basketball game. He had 100 points and 50 rebounds in one game. All-time yeah. record. Damn. Uh, was he the he, tallest person playing on that? He was probably the tallest person, although there were other people over seven feet, feet around that time. Bill Russell and, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar a little bit later. So... In his personal life, he wrote a memoir later on. And, you know, so this is his own words and you can take them for what they are. He said that he betted 20,000 women in his lifetime. He 
Oh, bedded. Bedded. Yeah. Like took them to bed. Yeah. I heard betted. I was like, he bet with them. Like, cool. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> no, he he slept with twenty thousand women, but never um, fathered any kids. He says. Mm, so. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Pretty uh, sterile. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all we got for our character troop. We're going to move on to this just in. Uh, before we do that, it would take 54 years to get to 20K. You're fact checking Wilt. <laughs> you calling him a liar? <laughs> no, there was there was a lot. I mean, it's like, it's one thing to brag. I mean, like if you're one of the most famous athletes in the world, you can, or if you're Tiger Woods or something, you can sleep with women every day if, if that's your choice um muhammad ali was had a promiscuous phase it, by all accounts as well but but yeah i think when that account came out people were a little uh question a little skeptical of the <laughs> the actual <laughs> logistics of the number if he did you know if he had three women each day it would only take 18 years so i think that's that's more realistic oh wait that was one a day yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah geez. Yeah, it's it was a, a different time in the <laughs> in the NBA. So, time for breaking news with this just in. All right, slow week in news, but we do have a number one song on the Billboard charts. Derek. All right. Ashley, guess that song. Um, don't bruise it. <laughs> or you'll lose it. <laughs> or you'll lose it. So tell me about his heart. How sad. If I had to guess. I You're, don't know that song. If you had no. to guess the, not the, what the lyrics mean. Um, you don't know the band? I know the band, but only because you told right. me. So it's Duran Duran, <laughs> and the song is Reflex. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's not a song I had heard of before this. I don't think it'll be on the on the charts for too long because we have some real heavy hitters uh, coming up in July. For now, uh, let's move on to the weekly box office recap. Number one, two familiar, two familiar movies at the top of the list. Ashley, you remember? I don't. Gremlins? Gremlins, number two. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, number one. So they're still, I mean, every week it's just uh, they're staying about the same. Ghostbusters dropped to 11 million from like 13 last week. And Gremlins, it was uh, at around 11 and dropped to nine. So it's, it's so cool to see the difference in people's viewing habits back uh, in 1984 versus now. So when we've been traveling back to watch these movies and we see people still lining up for ghostbusters uh, the line for conan <laughs> was <laughs> about half half that of the the line for gremlins uh so it's just neat to see people going back people are either going to the same movie over and over again or they're just you know seeing uh 
seen it after the word of mouth spreads a little more slowly when there's no Twitter or things like that. So we've got another new movie at number three that we did we, that we chose not to watch, Cannonball Run number two. Ashley, thoughts on Cannonball Run number one? Uh, wouldn't know where to start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess there it's kind of like Mario Kart. Um, they're on some type of adventure together and they have to get to something before another person. Yeah, it's probably Indiana Jones. Yeah. Meets <laughs> the Running Man. Meets yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four, our boy Arnold, Conan hey. the Destroyer, coming in at number four. So, like we mentioned earlier, he did he did beat out Harrison Ford, even though Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom had been out for six weeks. <laughs> he <laughs> narrowly edged edged him out. I'm sure that was important to his pride that he would be the other big action star at the time. The problem is this movie cost 18 million to make and it ended up petering out around 30 million. So uh, unfortunate that it couldn't build on the success of the first one. Well, I guess I should, I should ask you, is that unfortunate or, you know, <laughs> was, did it have a good run? <laughs> I think it had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. They're, both of the first two movies end on this uh, very overt, stay tuned for next installment title card. But I was I knew after the first one that <laughs> I would have another one to watch. I was fine after this one that watching two in three days was, was more than enough uh, adventuring for, for me. But... This one was actually supposed to be a four-hour saga, so he lucked out. They were going to break it up into two movies or just release no. it? No, so this second one was supposed to be, um, they're supposed to set the story in the future. Again, just like that other movie we were talking about. Yeah, they wanted to set the story in the future after the downfall of civilization, and then it was going to be a four-hour saga. So, so, and it would have cost the studio 70 mils, so thankfully they did not do that. That is insane. They were going to take a fantasy franchise and make it is the difference between fantasy and sci-fi that sci-fi is in the future? I mean, I know that's not the only difference, but by the by the definition, I'd say fantasy involves like supernatural things like magic and, and non-existing uh, creatures and, and things that you couldn't encounter uh, in a world that we know. And science fiction is typically set in the future so that they can make up like how they think things could go like in a believable semi-believable way it's where it's supposed to be uh a projection versus fantasy is is sort of an imaginary past um science fiction deals with scenarios and technology that are possible or maybe possible on science ah. whereas fantasy deals with supernatural and magical occurrences that no that have no basis in science oh yeah I, I knew that that was the distinction. I just didn't know why all fantasy doesn't have to be set yeah. in the past. Like they don't have to be wearing loincloths and, and riding horses. Like, yeah, yeah, you you're right. Set fantasy in the future, but it's rarely like that. So it would have been wild to do like a fantasy future movie. I don't, I feel like maybe Valerian. Like leprechaun, leprechaun in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like that. That's, that's, that's probably what they would have, <laughs> how it would have turned out. 
Um, luckily, he got to do that with Total Recall. So, Ashley, I am really curious to know what kind of reviews this movie got. Not the greatest reviews, but there's some good ones. Um, let's see. Conan the Destroyer is more cheerful than the first Conan movie. And it probably has more sustained action, including a good sequence in the Glass Palace, hmm. compared to its predecessor, which is rated R for some pretty gruesome violence. This one's milder. That's part hmm. of the idea, I think. They're repackaging Conan as your family-friendly friendly barbarian. And that's Roger Ebert. <laughs> so I... family-friendly, I mean, he's like punching it. He's like punching horses and camels and bit, like taking people's necks off so or heads off. So I guess kind of friendly. I think that was obviously the idea in terms of from a commercial standpoint, mm -hmm. whoever was making the money decisions had a strong incentive to, to want to expand the audience. But I don't think the content of the movie is much more family friendly. Um, right. I mean, just because it doesn't have uh, nudity in it and maybe there's honestly the gore, is very comparable um, uh, unless I'm forgetting a couple over the top scenes from the first one. There's the midpoint action scene that's memorable in the first one is him fighting a giant snake, which was pretty cool. Um, nice. But there's really not anything gorier in the, in the first one. So um, Ebert was onto something there, but, and it sounds like he liked it better. Yeah, I, kinda, he, I think I liked it better. Oh, you did? Yeah, I think he liked it better as well. Um, another critic wrote, there's a goofy mystery, three, mystery theater 3000 quality about this movie that aims for family friendly, but tries to be sexy as well, which is something we saw a lot in the 80s. What was sexy about this movie? All of their outfits. Oh, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, he, is he trying to be sexy? What? And his like loincloth, yeah. And his like rippling muscles and like wielding a huge heavy sword come on there was yeah. a point where he was fighting with another person and they had their arms their backs uh back to back and they were locking arms trying to like mm. that was the half man half on. beast yeah yeah and like arnold's junk is just like boom right there there's a good half second package <laughs> shot for sure really Ooh. well they got that by the mpaa sure did uh so that's a that's a good Easter egg, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't find anything about this movie sexy, but uh, was that? Um, did you read a bad review? No, I mean, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Are there any? It can't be. I mean, I thought it'd be good going like a good note, but fine. I'll read a bad one as well. Well, I'm just curious. Like, I, I feel like we're being really generous. Uh, we haven't even talked about the acting or any of the shortcomings of the movie. It's fine. Oh, if yeah, we, acting's terrible. It's fine if we have some critiques of it. It's not a perfect movie. All right. I'll give you a bad one. <laughs> okay. This sequel is roundly trashed, but it's no worse than its predecessor since its campy components at least take the edge off the tedious proceedings. That's yeah. Kind I, of, that's not a horrible that horrible what was the first sentence of that <laughs> the sequel was roundly trashed oh well that's that's a cop out they're saying hey i'm not trashing it but everyone else is um right. i don't know i i just felt like to be fair we um watched this in a in a semi-crowded theater and there were some groans and there were some some non-enthusiastic viewers i especially with the first one 
I felt like the campiness wasn't enough and Arnold certainly wasn't doing like any sort of self-aware comedy or anything. There might've been a couple moments in this, but Mm -hmm. the performances are just super flat and I, I would have liked to see a little them going for it a little more. I feel like they went for it in terms of production value and, mm-hmm. and set design. But the well, actually, I take that back. Grace Jones is going for it. Yeah, Grace Jones is great. <laughs> but I feel like um, every time, terrible. Yeah, every time they talked for more than 10 seconds, I lost interest. So I didn't care about the dialogue at all. I just wanted more fighting. So, yeah. Derek, what do you think? Any flaws? <laughs> <laughs> I I was sitting in the nerd section with the other D and D players, right? And we loved every second of it. Yeah, I'm sure y'all all think you're Arnold when you look in the mirror. Um, uh, only Bob. He's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> Bob the Builder. So <laughs> too actually, easy. Too easy. <laughs> you've you've teased us with a little bit of of trivia. What was some of the most interesting things you dug up for this movie so sylvester sloan potentially would have been conan and turned into arnold was this what not thoughts on that well, like for the first one for the second one they were gonna well, I guess recast it, it i guess no sorry for the first one okay that's fine i mean i i kind of thought this movie might have been tailor-made for arnold mm-hmm. but you know coming off of rocky so I mean, well, coming off of Rocky and Rambo and all the Sylvester Stallone, they're they're interchangeable it's the same way Emilio Estevez has been interchangeable with every other lead that we've watched so far. It was a pretty limited pool of actors if you're working within a certain genre. I think you have got like ten names on your casting list. It seems mm-hmm. like for dudes. Um, so that's not. What What do you think? Would he have been better no i thought i liked arnold (laughs) i liked arnold as the Conan character i thought he did a great job i don't know sylvester i mean if with rocky going on i mean it wouldn't have made sense for him to be in both so he would have had to yeah exactly he needs a little distance from the rocky character i mean i guess if he can play rocky and rambo at the same time but rocky is like emotional and um full of heart and this character needed to be a cold-blooded conqueror to some extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, there was a scene in the first movie where his girlfriend was um, on fire and Derek's uh, wizard character was, I think it, it might've been the full character in the first one, but regardless, the sidekick in the, in the first one was crying and somebody's like, why are you crying? And then, and he's, he says, because Conan can't cry. So I have to cry <laughs> for him. So he, he, he was Conan was a good guy. Like he was usually motivated by noble quests, mm-hmm. but he didn't, he doesn't have a strong level of, of emotion. So no. he also had to cut down on his workout routine for this movie, <laughs> which Surprise. is hilarious. Well, his arm and chest muscles were so big that he couldn't wield a sword properly. I, <laughs> I read something that he was, you know, he was very serious about making the transition from bodybuilder to actor, but mm-hmm. one of the, the producers and whoever he was meeting with were laughing at him early on before, before he got these roles. And they said that for one, he was going to have to, you know, bulk down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, 
comical to think that this is him after cutting cutting weight. Yeah, he's or, too big. <laughs> I mean, so good for him. He made a real sacrifice of of uh, an inch of off his biceps to to spin that sword around. To move the sword, yeah, to wield the sword. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, guess how many people? So the the main creature at the end is called Dagoth that they like summon um, by putting a horn on his mm. head. So, how many people do you think controlled this creature? Yeah, interesting. One, two, three. This, by the way, just to, I'll, well, I'll answer your question. Yeah, I'm going to say five. Derek, what do you think? Fifteen. You always go like so ridiculous. <laughs> 145 people. Um, I was going to no. say 50. <laughs> it was just, it was just six people, but that just gives you ah. a breath of like how big the monster. It's pretty big. I yeah. Mean, I, I, big creature. I went with girl power during my one thing I loved, but the very last scene of the movie was the thing that got me the most excited uh, as a self-contained moment they put this um the the whole movie they're searching for this magical horn to bring back to the queen and they bring it back and she puts the horn on the head of a statue uh so like in its forehead making it uh, a unicorn creature a narwhal. and then oh, a narwhal yeah what's a narwhal exactly it's the unicorn of the sea yeah okay yeah i, I wrote down fish monster but that Sure. Uh, fish of corn is <laughs> uh comes to life like the statue comes to life sort of slowly and subtly which is neat because the the sacrifice gets delayed um by the way why did they even need the sacrifice because it came to life anyway no so i think what so my friend was here and she asked me the same question she's like well why what was the point of that whole thing yeah and i think what had happened is that you they shouldn't talk during the in a theater during the movie by the way i know it was pretty rude but I had a sword, so they didn't fuck with me. What did she uh, say? So Caitlin said she was asking the same question. And I think that if they had sacrificed her, then the monster wouldn't have become evil. And it would have just been like the god they looked up to as like the, the, the villagers. So like, <laughs> oh, so they should have sacrificed her. Right. So they should but have Except that the queen was evil. I mean, she was right. a slave, like a, a dictator. Well, I think the whole, yeah, I think that she was evil, but I think if they had enough if they had have sacrificed her then like the queen and dagoth would have worked together and he wouldn't have stabbed her with his horn and killed her which was he awesome. would have been a, a slave to do her bedding and just making her all the more powerful that makes sense i don't think that would have been a good excuse me i don't think that would have been a good thing um no. for the common for the common folk in her <laughs> in her kingdom so so the, anyway yeah the the, the norwall comes to life turns six different puppeteers slash I assume someone's like in a bodysuit mm -hmm. are orchestrating this this uh, monstrosity I thought it looked awesome it had like flippers it had a tail it was, uh, yeah it was like a lockless monster hybrid of sorts it's cool yeah I thought that was really awesome and then how many people did it take to rip the horn and all its gooey oh. connective tissue out of out of the Norwal's forehead just conan because he's so strong yeah. I mean, that was disgusting <laughs> i was watching and i was like oh like it, it was a long slow painful tear <laughs> it was great and then blood was gushing out i actually read that he had to bulk back up for all the weight lady <laughs> weight he lost to to be able to rip the horn off i'm sure so. you did not read that yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's um this isn't specifically related to that fight but did you notice how many uh, 
groin attacks there were? 733. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Derek's right. There were a decent amount, but I'd say there's more getting hit on the head than groin attacks. Well, so Derek would be terrible at Price is Right, by the way. Um, a groin attack trope is like a really common thing in movies, apparently. And it's super common in these these movies, people getting um, kicked or sorted or um, speared by uh, Zula's character. It happens. I didn't warn anybody to look out for it, but it happens probably like six or seven times in this movie alone. And are then you, are you sure a couple of those times are not getting him in the abdomen? Because uh, I feel like this isn't like a Dick Sidon situation. I feel like it's a, uh... no, okay. not, it's right. not, none, none is <laughs> speaking of that. Dick Sidon from Friday the 13th part four versus chainsaw through the groin and up through the abdomen in running man. I just think about it. We'll hear Well, when you hear some audio later, just make sure that's what you're picturing. (laughs) Just take my word for it. Arnold (laughs) movies have a lot of groin attacks. Um, Any more, any more uh, trivia bits for us? Bits. (laughs) Oh man. Speaking of groins, um, this is, this has to do with Arnold's um, career per se, but from his book, his friend and they used to go, they used to work out. And then after they'd work out, they'd get naked and go in the woods and eat raw meat. Yep. That's in Pumping Iron, actually. I would, oh, so I know some probably. I mean, they don't have footage of it, but they talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was, um, speaking of Will Chamberlain's exploits, Arnold was well known for his um, off camera exploits as well. And then famously, scandalously, at least was it just one housekeeper that we know of that was impregnated by him? Yeah, just one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't know why I said just. It's, that's right. Just... That's enough. Yep. <laughs> so Arnold, you know, giant muscle bound dude, hey, lifting weights on Venice Beach, eating raw meat in the woods and, uh, <laughs> you know, all the everything that goes along with that lifestyle. Um, <laughs> there's this expression he has throughout the movie uh which is another trope called the dull surprise <laughs> i think it's just bad acting it you know we'll get into this uh when we go through some of his his other performances outside of this movie but he has the ability to really contort his face so mm-hmm. i think it's an intentional intentionally dull affect uh one of the other examples tv tropes dot com gave was Keanu in the Matrix in all his movies where he's like given bogus adventure. Yeah, sort of the stoner um reaction is is an offshoot of this, but just something incredulous happening, but looking kind of like confused and and not that, you know, not like not sure how to respond. So <laughs> I think he's good at that. Did you have any uh any other trivia? Uh, he gained his U.S. citizenship during this movie, so he was dual citizen. How does that work? Just because he like based on well, job just requirements the t- just or the t- Just the timing of it. Oh. Um, so he took his citizenship test while he was doing this movie and gained U.S. citizenship to go with his Austra- Austrian citizenship. Yeah, I wonder how long. I mean, he was speaking pretty good English in uh, 
pumping iron and he spoke English for a while. I know a big stumbling block, that same, uh, the same notes I was reading from producers that he was trying to meet with early on said that your size, your accent, mm-hmm. your, you know, lack of acting <laughs> experience, you have absolutely no, no hope of becoming an actor. I think his accent and sort of his, his, his dull indentation isn't a lack of being able to speak English well. It's more just not being comfortable being a, a repeating rehearsed lines. When he's riffing and pumping iron, we'll hear a clip later, like he sounds very natural and fluid when he's speaking. Well, it's also, also the lines in this movie aren't the most um, well thought out. So. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I mean, you brought up Sylvester earlier. He's kind of known for talking the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have one last trope. It's called the deadpan snarker. So I couldn't, I should have written down some examples from this movie, but it's when someone just sort of delivers like a flat line in response to something like a humorous line in response to something serious. He definitely starts to develop that comic timing in this movie. Uh, But it's something that I feel like would be his staple going forward. Even if they were not always intentionally funny, Mm -hmm. they definitely became uh, like classic one-liners over, over time. Oh, real quick. So of all, so from the Instagram poll. Oh yeah. So can anyone guess what the favorite movie that Arnold was in from all of his movies, the most popular pick? Hmm. We'll guess, we'll guess the, guess the runner up first and then. Oh, okay. So the most popular or the runner up would be Terminator. Jack, have a guess. Out of all of his films? Yeah, just the runner-up, not the winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me a sec. Uh, junior. Junior. No. no. <laughs> so it does start with a J, though. Jingle All the Way was the runner-up. Oh, that is... You have some terrible friends. Surprising. Or we have terrible I followers. I was surprised as well. Um, but the winner was... Yes. Terminator. Terminator 2, dude. Kindergarten cop. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's a good, I mean, I feel like that's a good that's Well, good that's point. a that's a perfect segue into into our next segment. Let's play rank the blank. Woo. All right. Our category this week is going to be our favorite type of Arnold performance. So Ashley's question, poll question was favorite performance, but this is a little bit different because it's going to be, we're going to lump some of his performances into, into categories and then pick like the mode that we like seeing him in the most. Um, so mode number one, a la mode is jacked action hero. That would classify, that would, um, include conan predator commando uh any uh obvious ones i'm forgetting there Mm, uh, no okay here's um here's a little taste of him as the action hero do it do it come on kill me i'm here come on do it now kill me 
<laughs> Sounds like him as Mr. Freeze now. Um, <laughs> so that is him from Predator, and he's yelling at the awesome alien creature from, well, <laughs> that's a confusing way to put it, the awesome creature that's an alien from Predator. So <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait a second, where are you going? Yeah. Would it, would it, before we, um, well, let's compare that to the ice cold villain, a la the Terminator, a la this iconic character. The Iceman cometh. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. No! All right. And then there's five more minutes of ice puns so <laughs> that that's sort of the the jokey self uh self-aware version of him playing the villain but the more classic case would be the terminator so uh before we move on ashley hero or villain you know do you like him in predator slash conan mode or do you like him in terminator mode terminator mode yeah yeah Terminator is an interesting case because obviously he switches from villain to ally. Uh, hero is a strong word for, you know, Sarah Connor is maybe the hero and and they're skeptical of him for good reason <laughs> throughout the whole rest of the franchise. But he more or less transitions to being a uh, heroic character. But he is so good as um, the naked dude who drops out of the sky and then <laughs> starts fucking people up in terminator uh, i like him as a well no I, i'm gonna go hero because of of predator but we've got some other categories so based on the poll response we're gonna have some fans of arnold flexing his comedy chops in movies like twins and junior and then this movie in particular here Shut up! <laughs> that is Arnold as kindergarten cop. Well, do you remember the premise of this movie, Ashley? This is your, this is one of your faves, right? Yes, of course I do. So Arnold's an undercover cop that's to be a kindergarten teacher to protect this child from the uh, from the kid's father. I believe he's going to try and like kidnap him, and he's like abusive and he's really dangerous. And so Arnold's hired to figure out which kid it is to protect him, I believe. Oh, uh, so he's like Something under like undercover yeah. kindergarten cup. Say that which, 10 times fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, he had made um, one of the, he had either made Twins or Junior before this movie. So he was definitely trying to get out of, to show that he had more acting range than just being an action hero um, or a buff hero slash villain. There's not really a, to, Back to our first pairing. There's not a ton of difference actually in his performances, <laughs> one way or the other. This, you, you find him convincing and um, enjoyable as a comedic actor. Yeah, I think he's really funny. Yeah, I thought he was great. I'm, I I liked him in Twins as well. I don't remember Junior. I'm not sure if I watched that. I don't one. think I've seen Twins or Junior. I remember you watched Twins with Danny DeVito. Okay. You definitely watched that. Um, he's in the original Batman. <laughs> I know he rips the guy's nose off with his teeth. Yeah, that's a good one. So I 
I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm going to save my full opinion until the next category, which is Arnold going full sci-fi in movies like the running man. That's all right. I'm warned you. <laughs> you hear that falsetto? That falsetto? Yeah, That's because that was amazing, dude. That's buzzsaw just got his nuts sawed. Um, so, Good one, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> he just got a buzz cut where the sun don't shine. Um, so, how about uh, the movie I watched last night, Total Recall? You have a clip of that one, Derek? So don't let life pass you by. Call Recall for the memory of a lifetime. Memory of a lifetime. Recall, recall, recall. <laughs> That's a commercial for the, the service that Arnold undergoes, sort of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind except in reverse so <laughs> rather than having painful memories removed you have wonderful memories added for a fraction of the price of building the memory yourself so <laughs> um of course things don't go as planned and i wanted to play that clip in particular because it didn't have arnold's voice in it i guess the chainsaw one didn't really either but the tone of something like Total Recall, which is just a really out there, really inventive sci-fi movie, um, suits him really well, in my opinion. So if we're thinking like comedy versus him playing off of a crazy, you know, action guy, sort of, but just almost an everyman in the in a weird way, thrown into a crazy situation. Um I really like him in a movie like that. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Ashley? I loved him in Total Recall. Yeah, it's fun. I don't remember his acting enough in The Running Man to be. I think I need to rewatch it again. Maybe I was in the right headspace to watch it. I just couldn't remember his acting. I was kind of bored by the movie overall. But yeah, with Total Recall, I really enjoyed it. It's just it's fun to see him. Um, you know, normally this just mindless uh not mind well in a movie like conan he's uh just a one note warrior conqueror character he, he couldn't count to six and the, did they have to did they ask him to count to six yeah zula or the princess was just like <laughs> oh there's six people over there attacking her and he's like what do you remember he's like, oh one, two three i guess you're right like, what <laughs> I thought that was meant to we don't have to dwell on that, but I thought that was just conveying that he was like, eh, yeah, yeah, some some I think it's conveying that he's there. an idiot, but that's okay. Well, yeah, he's a dunce and he's normally like super physically able, goes without saying, but not a lot of layers there. When you put him in a role that shows um kind of like he has to think his way out of this movie's super twisty. Um, mm -hmm. I, I thought that it was really fun seeing him like, uh, try to not rely on his, his quote unquote strengths. Um, but I wouldn't call comedy a strength. So if you had to go with a performance like total recall versus a performance like kindergarten cop, 
uh, where do you land? Hmm. I need to rewatch Total Recall, but I still want to stick with Kinder and Cap. Yeah, I think it's. I think I'm cheating a little bit, and and this is supposed to be about the type of performance, not just like which one's a better movie. So right. I still think it's Total Recall, but uh, or it's sci-fi, but this is sort of a cheat category anyway. So <laughs> the one that won your silly little poll um, is what I'm calling four quadrant appeal. Do you know the definition of that in movie lingo? Mm. Family friendly, action hero, comedy, something else. It's that's I thought there was more to it than what what it was when I Googled it. It really just means guys of both like the fourteen to twenty five age range and then the next the next demographic up and women as oh. well. So oh, there's like okay. four there's four age demographics and then there's two genders. Um mm-hmm. I mean or there's you know two for each. So basically gotcha. guys and girls and young teens to people in their in their forties. So I put movies like True Lies and Last Action Hero and then Jingle All the Way in that category. Um who who did who voted for Jingle All the Way? Just letting it run up. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. It's just how it worked. Yeah. Wait, that was runner. Oh, kindergarten cop was the was the yeah. runner. But both of those are not his more traditional right. action hero roles. So that's interesting. Um, lastly, we have him, Arnold, playing himself in the nineteen seventy eight documentary classic Pumping Iron. So can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? (laughs) So, you know, I'm in heaven. So I love him. I wish I need to watch that. See how, see how fluidly he speaks Mm -hmm. there. Um, You like that? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Come on. It's but he's he's really charming and I mean like somebody who shouldn't be relatable in a documentary is a freakish like um bodybuilder and it's contrasted. His his like you know, someone who takes their their craft and competitiveness like that seriously, like a Michael Jordan type of bodybuilding, you wouldn't mm-hmm. think has like this really carefree easygoing like vibe when they're when they're doing the interviews and he's he's reminiscing but he is so likable in that movie it's it's just it's really um it's obvious from that that he had the potential to be a a good actor it's just once he was working on script (laughs) it was a little different story than when he was like he was definitely being a character in that documentary, though. Like, I think he's even talked about it later. He's like, he's playing a character and he's contrasted with Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. Frigno, um, the Hulk, who was his main rival at that uh, at the time period that the doc takes place. And Ferrigno couldn't be more of a stiff and more of like, you know, a non-personality type like you would the stereotype of a bodybuilder and so 
that that contrast is just really um really pumps arnold's personality up but yeah (laughs) where um now that we've now that we've gone through all the categories where are you have you been swayed from where you started or are we coming full circle the problem is the sci-fi aspect is starting to come up a little bit more um i think i'm still gonna i'll stick to my guns i'm still gonna kindergarten Mm. cop yeah i i'm gonna say that it's if I had watched Kindergarten Cop last night instead of Total Recall, it might be a different story. But Total Recall is maybe the most interesting movie, aside from I don't know. The Terminator movies are are, are great too, but mm-hmm. I, I that's I I definitely cheated. I mean, there's no reason the Terminator movies don't fall into into right. sci-fi <laughs> as well. Um, I just wanted to make a distinction between him playing a villain versus him playing um, a sci-fi hero. So I think the key to getting the best performance out of him is him being overshadowed a little bit by the the craziness of the story. So I'm going to go total recall so with in in a tie with Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron gets less points because he's playing a version more a version of himself. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny, I think from what we know about his personality now the movies where maybe he is more of a natural comedian in a, in a, in a bodybuilder's body. I think he likes, I think cause he grew up with people being like, Oh, he's so big. And just like, that's his like, personality. That's like big. Oh, yeah. I think he likes the comedic aspect for some reason. Am I? Well, I, I think, but I think he's just like a goofball. Like if you were hanging out with him in his everyday life, I bet he's more like a goofball than he is like a serious, um, muscle. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, I just I don't I don't I doubt he's anything like his Conan character. I mean, right. nobody's I like that character, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it makes way more sense that he would be um, a comedic actor Ooh. or a comedic person. Are you gonna switch your answer? No, I okay. I still like him. That's my favorite type of. I don't like comedies. No. <laughs> okay. Hate it's, comedies. Hate <laughs> Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got a we got a split decision. Let's go ahead and move on to our final couple categories. Ashley, this movie had to win some Jupiter Awards, right? Um, so you mean Saturn? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. What Mars for Total Recall. Definitely not Pluto. So it's funny you should mention that. So your character won a, won an award, and my character did not. So the Ooh. princess. Don't get too excited. Um, the princess won a Razzie Award for the worst new star. That's bullshit. When it's also nominated for the worst supporting actress. So, big wait, winner. she got nominated for both of those? Nominated for worst supporting actress and one winner of worst new star. How can how can both of the? <laughs> it's those it's seem like Razzie. two distinct categories. It's the Razzies. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's so. Let's let's stop on that for a second. Like, okay, that's so unfair. I mean, I'm sorry to your character, but no, not to me. I mean, <laughs> it's unfair to that actress. I mean, but you could what... be you could be the worst new star and be Arnold, and you can be the worst supporting actor. You can do two different. What was bad about her performance compared to everyone else? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I didn't think she was particularly a poor performer. It's but just apparently someone. Now did. that we know she was 13, like 
What do you, what's your stance on the Razzies in general? Like, is it a fun, like thing to a fun little diversion or is it kind of mean spirited? I think it's a little mean spirited. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're giving 13 year olds in their first acting role, worst new actress, like, and she doesn't even stick out at all. Yeah. And she's not, it's not like she's trying to be a bad actress. I I mean, like she's fine. Everyone's nothing. Terrible. But, she's, but she's trying, you know, she's trying her best. I feel well, like. Chamberlain was infinitely worse. I agree. Yeah. So. so anyway, she was nominated for, or she won Horse New Star. But Controversial. then my character, Zula, played by Grace Jones, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Saturn Award. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good for her. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean that genuinely. Like, she deserved to be recognized. It was her. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to look this up during the movie. Wilt was only in this movie ever. Um, yeah. You know, great basketball player. Not, great I don't know if he was interested in making the transition. Um, it seemed like just pure stunt casting. Like they just wanted someone tall and like physically imposing, mm-hmm. um, which she was. So there, there was that. But for Grace Jones, she was a model and then a singer. And then this was one of her first. She'd been in music videos for like Demolition Man mm-hmm. and some other maybe action-y type music videos, but as a debut acting role, pretty, uh, she made the most of it. <laughs> yeah. And she was in some other movies too, like Boomerang with Eddie Murphy and some other. Yeah. She, like she did keep acting after this, going. which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. yeah she was uh, how about Ashley awards? Um, so go to Arnold. He'll get two. Well, he'll get one award. It will be strong AF because <laughs> certain how strong he was in Suvi and maybe too big of muscles conflicting awards yeah but, wow. he had to, but he had to tone them down in order to wield his sword so those okay yeah so that was good notes by the producer and you, you agree um or I guess the the stunt coordinator like he could only move the sword at a 10 degree angle, angle before yeah. he <laughs> before your arms he are too big down was um we need a cool name for your awards like the like the saturn awards so we'll think about that for for next week i'm trying to introduce a new category uh drew's favorite prop so i'm gonna not try to pick obvious things like the um the thing the creature that he fought in the mirror cave or the um what was it called again norwal the norwal creature but (laughs) things that are sort of like background props and this one i was really uh blown away by how comfortable and um like relaxing the bed that they have the princess and <laughs> this is not a creepy not a creepy thing um wow but no like she's in this ice fortress classic princess that's being um put to sleep by a spell and she's mm-hmm. sleeping on like this really luxurious um white mattress and and pillow top so did right. you notice that? Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, great prop. Good, you, yeah, put a, good, you put a real bread, bed in, a, in an ice ca- castle and it makes it look like you're sleeping on top of the world. Sure. All right. How 80s is this 1984 release? Mm. Wardrobe, sound, lighting, actors, Arnold's. Arnold's, Arnold's. Um, <laughs> wardrobe seemed pretty 80s. 
but I think I think my problem. <laughs> oh yeah, one class for all the rage. <laughs> no, because so I was thinking about more like the decorative aspect. Like everything was there was like crazy um, bedazzled necklaces and like the scantily clad aspect. I feel like some of that was kind of eighties themed, um, not like the typical. And oh, and the princess had bangs. Mm. That's eighties. There's your one throwback to like eighties, like sixteen candles. But you should have seen the bangs in the the first one. James Earl Jones, Darth Vader, um, was the main bad guy in the first one, he and bangs. he had like the the one inch like flat across oh, the, nice the forehead bangs. <laughs> Some crazy wigs in in the first one. Not so much in this one. Yeah, I would say. I mean, overall, the sound because the soundtrack seemed pretty easy, but I feel like mid to low. I'm gonna yeah. Uh, well off the charts for its Arnoldness. there's he's he's coming into his own as a star in the 80s so if we're if we're factoring that in very much then it gets it gets um two points for that a lot of points for like mm-hmm. i said conan the barbarian from 1982 two years earlier was more or less his breakout um breakout uh, performance mm-hmm. hercules in new york didn't didn't take the world by storm for some reason um and so it was conan and then he had the clout to make this and a bunch of action movies going forward um so i'm going to give it at least middle of the ground marks for that but i don't because it's a fantasy time uh fantasy period piece to some extent or just out of time piece it the lighting and the actor like i'd say the other thing that it gets marks for are positive marks for is the set design that we discussed mm-hmm. a lot and the use of practical effects so that feels pretty 80s um the cgi when they do use it is certainly not up to the par of uh something like ghostbusters but um it's there <laughs> it, yeah. it looks like cheap 80s cgi mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna say middle of the pack in terms of the movies we've watched yep um arnold's like one of the i mean as far as like lasting importance he's one of the biggest things to come out of the 80s right (laughs) huge (laughs) yeah um i didn't even mean it like that but he's just he's an enduring an enduring figure um Mm -hmm. and a governor so should we recommend a rewatch a remake a sequel a spinoff video games a lot of these (laughs) have already been done so (laughs) let's start with the rewatch first Mm, no I'll say no as well. I I found plenty of redeeming qualities in watching it. I would say I didn't need to watch both movies, but I'm glad I did just for, you know, thoroughness. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's been remade um in 2011 with Jason Momoa. Uh has anyone seen that one? No, I'm sure it bombed. Yeah, I don't think it was a big hit. Uh, I watched the trailer and Jason Momoa, it's only, what, nine years ago? I don't know if they filmed it uh, and there was some kind of delay, but he looks he looks really young. Um, maybe we've just like kind of, he's just burlier and, and, and grew up in a, a hurry after that. But um, anyway, he's a great, that's great casting. Um, aside from The mm-hmm. Rock, I don't know who <laughs> would right. be more obvious. But uh, there was a spinoff red sonia with a, a female lead not any of the female leads from the first two movies apparently but another character from the original uh stories so that would have been one 
idea if we were trying to come up with a new, you know, direction to take the franchise in. Obviously, this was ripe for making video games. I saw that there was a play by mail RPG game where you oh. <laughs> early, uh, maybe before the movies even came out, when the, the stories were popular, they would send out, um, you could play chess like this, you could play all sorts of games by mailing your moves in and then waiting for your opponent to mail you back their one move. Wow, and that so, sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> they had the the Wikipedia article pointed out that you had that gave you plenty of time to think about <laughs> your, next your next move. move so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know. I can't really think of a new angle that uh, if we're just trying to use the name Conan and bring it back because of whatever built-in audience and name recognition that has. I definitely don't. Arnold is not shy about remaking his own movies and he's attached to the legend of Conan which is a movie that may or may not ever get made so I'm gonna just nix I'm just gonna say let's put a I'm sorry to, to Derek and wanting to finally get closure on this this adventure <laughs> that ended exactly the same way as the first one um, <laughs> where he's about to just do another random adventure but yeah I think we just need to put Conan to, to rest, give him a Viking funeral or whatever the equivalent is and and uh, send him off to sea in, in flames. What about a spinoff of Zula with Grace Jones? Zula, Zula the warrior? I'd I, watch that. Yeah, I mean, that. but okay. isn't that what they did in Red Sonja? Except I they cast really, a white woman. I don't really remember Red Sonja. So. Well, I know you don't remember it. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I, 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 think I watched it, but... Really? I don't really remember it that well, but I feel like Zula, Grace Jones was such a good act. Like she was the best one and it'd be cool to like, see her like tribe and who she rolled with. Yeah. And have them, like, mess and have them like fuck shit up. That'd be cool. Well, her, she's like my, um, my tribe is all, is all warriors. Um, so it, it, it's kind of like a wonder woman, um, Island of, of, uh, warrior women yeah, situation potentially. Um, so, I mean, with like movies like Black Panther and um, Wonder Woman, I don't know. I mean, it's we've we've got plenty of action heroes. Uh, it's I'm 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 fine with this ending. <laughs> so let's move on to next week. Next week we have no new releases. It's strange yeah. because Fourth of July is now like a huge well, not this year, but in general, a huge like release window for for movies but no new movies came out next week fortunately um we were we were debating whether we should watch like something that was already playing in theaters uh unfortunately or fortunately for you know the good of mankind our time traveling scooters only allow us to go back to the exact week where we're leaving in 1984 so our options are to see something that's in theaters that week or I found um, a new slasher movie that's been touring the Midwest and playing at drive-ins. So we could Ooh. pop in on our scooters to a grassy drive-in and see this movie. I'll bring my sword. Yeah. I think we have that dial on our scooters. Here we go. Yeah. Before the initiation begins, the subjects are studied. Even their dreams are recorded. 
Before the initiation begins, the testing areas are selected. The sorority house, the sanitarium, the empty shopping mall. And just before the initiation begins, a toast is required. Being young, staying young, and dying young. <laughs> The initiation, a fraternal tradition for over 100 years, created for only one purpose. Pleasant dreams. The initiation, the ceremony that will never die, as long as new blood is pledged. Ooh, trying to fix that one. Chanting new blood pledge puns this is gonna freak me out <laughs> the movie you may or may not have heard of it is called the initiation and it was actually um paired as a double feature with the texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> when they were showing it at the drive-in so maybe if we get there a little early maybe we'll see some of of leatherface uh, which came out 10 years earlier but anyway if you want to uh join us on the adventure to the initiation next week then subscribe to the podcast by searching new release 1984 on spotify or apple podcast and that's a wrap